Pirates and Park Hoppers, Mario's, and Luigi's, you are now tuned in to the Disney Holic Show. Hello and welcome to the Disney Holic Show. That's Mike TV. And that's Jen Diz. Today we are getting hyped for our upcoming Walt Disney World and Disneyland trips. We will also discuss all of the news coming out of the parks and revisit some grand openings of Disney's past. All right, so this episode is airing Wednesday, and we will be in Disney World the very next day, tomorrow, when you guys are listening. What? I am, like, excited. so anxious. Have you packed yet? What's going on? Um, I I have, of course, not packed yet. I usually do it <laughs> the day <laughs> of, the morning of. I've been a little bit more responsible lately in doing it the night before, and I admit it makes me feel so much more put together the morning of, especially if you have an early morning flight. And I've also learned Oof. to like pack down to one suitcase, which is very odd. Although we are there for quite a while. So I might be bringing a second suitcase with my PlayStation and my <laughs> Oculus. Cause I know our friend Nicole had a fun time using that for the five minutes. Oh, that maybe we... I should bring my Oculus too. Right. We could, we could do virtual things together. Hilarious. Yeah, I haven't packed either, but I'm planning to pack tonight. Um, trying to get ahead of things. I have definitely started my to-do list. Like, I always have a list as I'm, like, doing regular life, and I don't let myself pack too early because I'll be wanting to pack, like, last week. And I'm like, just stop. It doesn't make any sense. You still need to wear these clothes. <laughs> That's what it is. Um, I, I wear yeah. clothes up until the very moment. And usually right. whatever I, I wear the day before, for some dumb reason, I also want to pack that shirt. You're like, so then I'm doing laundry. I have to do laundry again. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Been yeah. there, done that. Uh, but nonetheless, I am very excited. Uh, I think we mentioned it before, but we're bringing Nicole, our lovely friend of, I don't even want to think of how long, high school years. Yeah. Um, and she's never been to Walt Disney World, so we're going to be doing a lot of firsts, which is very exciting. Yeah. Uh, is there anything that you're extra excited about? Uh, kind of from a personal perspective. So we are all kind of doing Disney World a little bit differently, the three of us. And, you know, I'm going <laughs> with Ape, the AP brain that we love. I did renew my annual pass. So I'm going to be working from there for most of the time. I just started a new job. Woohoo! So excited about that. And then I'll be joining y'all like for dinner in the parks in the evening. So I, I miss doing that, like sort of working remote from uh, DVC resort and then uh, heading to the parks at night. But what's even better is I won't be alone. I'll be catching up with the two of you. Uh, so that's going to be fun. But you're on actual day tickets, which makes us think completely different when we're spending our time there, right? <laughs> it does. Um, I was unable to update my annual pass, but also trying not to let myself go back. So it's like a self What's the word I'm looking for? Like, I'm trying to control myself from not going on a bunch of trips to Disney World this year because I need to save money because I do want to get to Tokyo at some point in my dang life. We'll see if it ever happens. 
Um, but yeah, there are lots of reasons for that. So, and we have a first timer, so I definitely want to get her to have the full experience. Um, so, and yeah, it's the first we'll time in quite a while uh, that you and I, it's been a while since we used Google spreadsheets to map out our entire vacation. <laughs> and it is, that's part of the fun leading up to it, even as complicated as it is. And we were able to sort of strategically place things that are Nicole's firsts on the days where all three of us will be together. For example, our first Epcot day is on a weekend, so I won't be working. And I get to see both of you ride Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind for the first time. Very excited. Yes. Uh, but remember, we got to underhype it that morning so that it only gets better. Yeah, it's going to suck. It's going <laughs> to be awful. Suck. Worst I, ride I, ever. I'm not even looking forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not looking forward to that. I'm not looking forward to a lot of things on this trip. Jeez. <laughs> Jeez, kidding, Louise. I'm let's lower excited. those expectations. Uh, the other thing I'm looking yeah. forward to is uh, the art, art festival? Festival of the Arts. Fart. Farts. Do you see uh, people call it farts? I farts. It. I've never heard that. I've never heard that. But I'm excited about that <laughs> because uh, they have those uh, painting portraits where you could put your face in. And we had so much fun doing that. We did almost every single we one a few years ago. We took so many good photos that day. <laughs> yeah. And now we'll have a third partner wear out that photo pass. to join us for that. Yeah, we got that photo pass. And we're also joking. We're like, let's milk this photo pass. We need some photos of the Disney holics, the two of us, for like press kits and stuff. People always ask us, and we're like, we only have what's on Instagram. So we're going to try to take more photos, be more photogenic as much as possible this trip, which is a little bit different for us. Yeah, I'm probably throwing that thing out of the bucket. I just cut my bangs, and it's not a cute situation. So it is what it is. The photogenic thing might not be part of my week, but we'll see how it goes. <laughs> um, I can tell you one thing I am not looking forward to. You ready? Yeah. Ready for this? Getting pranked by Mike TV. Oh, shoot. So <laughs> I thought I would bring this up because I want to give a huge shout out to Kyle Incredible. Um, that's his username on Instagram. Kyle, I want to give you a huge thank you and a very big apology because two things. He was so sweet. He came in to one of my lives I was doing, and he's asking a bunch of questions, which I always love. Like, I love engaging. That's the whole point of me doing these lives is to chat with everybody and not just chat at you guys. So, like, please feel free to join my live at Fives on Fridays and ask away or just bring up random conversation points. He even asked me, like, what's my favorite bathroom in the parks? Like, whatever it is on your Ooh. mind, just ask. And then he was being so sweet, and at the end he asked – how is my mental health? And I thought Aww. that was like super sweet, right? I'm yeah. like, wow, I don't think I've ever had anyone ask me that outside of like my friend circle, you know? And I was like, I'm doing good. I really appreciate you asking me that. I asked how he's doing. And then like he just got super nice and said like, you know, you guys, you and Mike bring so much joy to people's day. And I know that that can take a toll sometimes. So I want to check in on you. And I'm like, this guy is like the best ever. And then all of a sudden I was like, is this freaking Mike? Is this Mike TV on an alternate account? And I, I said it out loud. And then I started to get real, like, awkward because I'm like, I bet this is Mike just pranking me. And then I realized later it wasn't. So sorry for taking away from that moment, Kyle. It did not take away from it for me, just so you know. But I hope it didn't take away from you. 
It was not Mike pranking me. Thank you for being an angel. Oh, God, Unless I love it was, that. Mike, you need to tell me now. <laughs> no, and I've seen his account and the posts and the fun cosplay and all that. Definitely a real person. So shout out to Kyle. <laughs> and uh, if you listen to the podcast, also, thank you for being a listener. We appreciate that. Yes, yes. Thank you. So the yeah. thing about pranking, that, but I'm sure we'll tell you guys all about it later. <laughs> I... Because of me being busy with work and trying to squeeze everything in, I might not be as prank, um, yes. prank centric as I'd like to be. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> what do I do? They might just be small pranks, like on the spot. I don't know. Now I got to think about it. I have a couple days. I just really realized, like, I have like legit PTSD because now I'm thinking that everyone on my Instagram lives is just like a you in another universe or something, <laughs> like the multiverse of Mike TV <laughs> <The> variants. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> oh, anyway, nonetheless, very exciting to be headed out there tomorrow. Um, and then I'm also going to Disneyland right after, so I'm excited for that. Going to meet up with some friends, celebrate the 100th, Then you guys will hear all about that in a couple weeks. So Very cool. Uh, speaking of the yeah. 100, that is just the tip of the iceberg in all of the news and updates that have been pouring out of the theme park industry, particularly Disney and Universal. Uh, let's start with Disneyland. What have you heard in terms of big old news for Disneyland? Yeah, so, so many moving parts going on. Um, first, let's start with Downtown Disney. We've already known about some of this, but just like a lot of it's like actually in action now. La Brea Bakery closed down, which I'm not sure we knew that was happening, and it just kind of closed out of nowhere. Um, so La Brea, La Brea Bakery closed, and it will be replaced soon with Earl of Sandwich, which is only temporary because the permanent replacement will end up being Porto's. So found that interesting that that's already rolling out, and I also thought that uh, location was quite interesting. Do you have any initial thoughts about that? Um, I think it's a great location. It's near the entrance. However, I am confused that they're only giving Earl of Sandwich uh, a home again, the third time, but still temporary. Like poor Earl of Sandwich. People like I know, I know. I did feel that that was a little bit of a tease. I feel like Earl of Sandwich, especially for Disney people, has a huge following. So like. We're coming back, but just for a little bit. Sorry, like uh, what? <laughs> just a little bit. Um, what is? So what are your thoughts on the choice. location? Yeah, I just the, I'm just worried about it because Portos is hugely popular. Even at their all of their locations, there's always a long line. It's always a whole thing to go to Portos, and it's gonna be, in my opinion, a huge deal at Disneyland. Also. Um, and then it's right butted up against like where you enter the Esplanade and go into Disneyland and also the trams, like everything happens right there. So I feel like if that place gets crowded, it's going to be a huge mess over there unless they're like completely reforming how they do their line situation. I just don't see how it's going to I've be never a been, experience. <laughs> at least to my memory, I've never been in La Brea Bakery. Is it just a counter or is it a restaurant? What is it? You know what? I can't say that I've been in there either, but for some reason I feel like I know what it looks like. I feel like you go in, you order, and it's like kind of a skinny walkway, and then outside is all the seating. There might, oh, might be okay. a couple seats inside, but not much. It's usually most of it's outside, but definitely not a huge space or a restaurant indoors at all. So I don't know. That is interesting. Um, so and that is kind of a good setup for Portos, but just like where that building is located, it just seems like a bottleneck area. There's that fountain right there. It's just that little area to get to the trams and to oh, World with of the Disney. Flower? It's like 
It's like a giant yeah, flower. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the uh, Porto's brand itself, I finally got to experience it like direct from Porto's. I was in LA recently and I I passed by two of them, two different ones, and they're huge, like not Costco size, I'm exaggerating, but they're huge, like Cheesecake Factory building size, maybe. And so I see yeah. what you mean with like, I don't know, is La Brea big enough to hold all that? But anyway, so I finally got to eat it direct from Porto's. By direct, I mean through Uber Eats. I didn't wait in line. And uh, oh, my God, <laughs> it's so good. I totally get it now. I get why people were freaking out at the D23 Expo. Um, I had a yeah, little bit of everything. Yeah. I tried the, the cheese thing. I had a ham and cheese omelet croissant. Then I had the croissant by itself. I had a chocolate chip twist. And then I, also, I got all these extra things because um, my good friend Jen was hosting us and we were staying at her place. And I was like, oh, I got you Porto's. She's gluten-free, and I felt so bad because she got to see it. <laughs> she didn't get to eat it. But, yeah, I, I'm glad I finally got to taste Porto's, and I, I am excited for it to come to the parks. Yeah. I feel like I will be visiting there a lot because I am also a fan of Porto's. However, I love that they have, like, almost all of their thing is in snack size. Yeah. And that's all I ever want when I'm at the park. So, like, being able to walk out grabbing, like, a potato ball and going back into the park, like, what? That's, like, the best thing ever. However, if the line is, like four hours long every time I go over there. It's not gonna, I'm not going to be a recurring visitor. So <laughs> right. We'll have to see. I Hopefully was actually surprised it was fingers. on Uber Eats. And so did uh, my friend Jen. She was like, oh, I didn't know that was on there. Uh, so I was glad. Yeah, I so that's a so tip. If, if you're in SoCal, you should check. Probably the Disney one won't do it, just like Starbucks at Disney sometimes doesn't have mobile order. This is probably too right. logistically impossible. But when you said the small items, I do regret not ordering more of those cheese things. I didn't know they were the, that small. And it was my favorite thing. Uh, <laughs> I needed like five. Yeah, they have like these little meat things, like little meat pies almost. They're so good. I can't even. Such a good like snack. It's like little things you could pop when you're just like need a bite. So good. All right. So that's the information there with Porto's. Um, and then they've also started the remodeling on the, uh, let's see, I guess, oh, south wait. side of I downtown Disney. I forgot to tell you, I huh. went down the rabbit hole of Porto's itself, and I didn't know it was Cuban. So it's a Cuban restaurant owned mm-hmm. and operated, um, which explains like the ham and cheese and like the Cuban style sandwiches. So I just had to say that because I thought it was Italian this entire time <laughs> until, until uh, I found out. Interesting. Yeah, what's Port- Porto is like... It's Portugal a place too, right? in Portugal. What's... That's the only thing yeah, I know. Right? But that, yeah, and that's, <laughs> that's still also not weird. I've never thought Cuban. about that. I just somehow knew it was Cuban from the beginning, yeah. or else I also <laughs> would have been lost trying to figure it out. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Um, all right. So Wonderground and Disney Home are on that south side of the Disney downtown Disney Wall, right? So they are starting to get their refurb going to this new style that we're going to see. This like mid-century modern look. Um, and temporarily, Wonderground has been moved over to ESPN Zone. And there's, like, rumor that it might be permanent, but it doesn't look like it's going to be permanent, so we'll have to see. Um, and also, the Disney Home Store has been closed for that remodel, and they actually just got moved most of their products into World of Disney, which I feel like a lot of them are already duplicated oh, between the two. Okay. So that makes sense. That made sense. They just moved more of their stuff into World of Disney. Um, Also on that same side, Ralph Brennan's Jazz Kitchen remodel has begun. 
Um, they're remodeling to Jazz Kitchen Coastal Grill and Patio. And I, for the life of me, cannot figure out if this is still officially Ralph Brennan's or not. Like, are they dropping? It did say it was a rebrand, but are they dropping Ralph Brennan's, like, uh, commitment? It looks so you know plain, what I mean? I don't know. too. The concept art. It looked oh, I hate it. So I, I even wrote yeah. it in here. I hate it. Like, I like the look of it. It's fine. But it looks like it looks like a mall, like a yeah. shopping mall. And it I guess downtown anywhere. Disney is always supposed to have been that anyways. But it looks like very trendy current mall place. Blech. Like, I like Ralph Brennan's because it looks like New Orleans and super cute. And they're still going to be selling, like, New Orleans-style uh, Cajun foods and whatnot. So, like... Why does it look the way it looks? I don't like it. Just here to bitch, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you. Um, but yeah, they're still going to have the express option, which is good. So you can get your beignets over there. Um, and it's called Beignets Expressed. And it just sounds gross. So anyways, not a fan of the new art either. Um, but we are at least going to see it remaining there. Um, and then Dintai Fung, which is another thing that everyone is very excited about. That is going where the old AMC theaters we're at before, and it looks beautiful. Concept art for that one looks gorgeous. Another, looks like a really yeah. SoCal and, and Vegas, like that area is so popular. I've never been to Din Tai Fung. I've only known that people love it. And I've actually never been to Dim Sum, believe it or not, ever. So. Me either! <laughs> there we go. That's Wait, I know I have. I have just recently for my very first time. Oh, but it nice. wasn't an experience like Din Tai Fung, but for my first time. I didn't even know I was going to a... Or it was a dumplings place, but I think that's pretty much the same, right? I don't even know. Mm, not really. Uh, unless okay, I were, so maybe unless I still you haven't been down. to official dim sum. Dim sum, from my, to my knowledge, is it's a sit-down restaurant, and then they come by with carts like constantly, and then you choose what you want, and they're just all small bites, which you love a small bite. So I think I love you could a, taste like, so I, many That's why things. I'm like, why have I not <laughs> gone to dim sum yet? Yeah. And that's kind of how it was, but instead of the cart, we just ordered. It was all like small bites and lots of like bow kind of things and then they would just bring it like family style to the table so oh very anyways similar. Yeah. something similar ish if not dim sum but uh we also have din tai fung here in the bay area and it's also oh. hugely popular here people okay. talk about all the time so amc but theater it's very hard to get in huge venue yes and, and the concept art looks massive too so wow. And it's going to fit that theme perfectly, like that new look. So, But it looks like classy still, so it looks nice. Nice. Um, and then this one, somehow I cruised over this information about Downtown Disney, that the Catal restaurant and the Uva Bar are being replaced with this high-end Mexican restaurant called Paseo and Centrico. So I guess that is a popular place, and it's a bit fancier than what we already have, which... The reason I've never been to Catal is because they're expensive. So it's going to be higher priced. I feel the same way. Ever since Downtown Disney opened, I always just walked by Uva Bar because it looks so nice and kind of like Vegas upscale. And I've never sat down to eat there because I just felt like it was too much. It was expensive, luxurious. And even now as a grown up, it's still ingrained in me to just walk by it. Like it's not for me. (laughs) I don't know why. Right. It's weird. So weird. But, I also, like, yeah. don't spend enough time in downtown Disney. Like, I don't feel like I need to go dine there. Right. For some reason, I feel that 100% when I go to Disney World, though. Like, in Disney Springs, I would definitely go to one of those nice restaurants. Right? Like it's, That's a good point. I feel like I Dis- think it's Disney it's so Springs. so far separated. Yeah. It feels like a destination. 
not a theme park, but mm-hmm. almost like it, it's a planned destination. Whereas downtown Disney, like you have to walk through it to get somewhere. Kind of like city walk. Yeah, I'm just like trying to go too. somewhere specific. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Interesting. That's a good. So who knows? Maybe we'll have to crack that open and go there uh, one time when they when they open. One time. Um, all right, and then in other news, Tiana's Palace has been announced <laughs> to replace the French Market in New Orleans Square. This was a hot topic hot for a topic. while around D23. And can it I say, in a- I will eat crow because I kept saying that they weren't going to do it. I was adamant about it not being an announcement, <laughs> but it really wasn't. I'm still going to stick to the part where it wasn't technically announced because they did say on this news announcement that this is the formal announcement, something like that, right? Yeah, I will give you full credit. So here's the thing. At the time of D23, you and I both and many other people were super annoyed with like how many rumors were being stated as facts. That was a big problem yeah. right around that time, right? And they, the only thing we saw about Tiana's palace is that it happened to be written about in that like concept art for Splash Mountain becoming yeah. Tiana's Bayou, right? Or Tiana's Bayou. It was Bayou like her backstory from the movie, yeah? Yeah, it was like her backstory. And everyone's like, nah, they're bringing a thing. And like, I also thought that they might because it seemed like it was alluding to it, but it, it definitely wasn't stated. And everybody started stating like, this is happening, right? Yeah. So regardless of what, it definitely wasn't a fact at the time. So I'm going to give you full credit for <laughs> okay, that. Okay, I feel a little and bit And it was better. just like, everyone... <laughs> Everyone stop and shut up and stop spreading rumors. That was kind of the mode I was in. And then, like, if they actually tell us it's coming, then we could talk about it. But then they purposely didn't announce it one other time. Like, they did the whole Tiana's Bayou. They did the whole On the stage, yeah. At the Parks and Resort about a restaurant, and they never told us about a restaurant coming. So it's like, it you is. Know, so and I have, it was pretty funny. I was kind of annoyed when I saw it. I'm like, oh, now they're bringing it. Now same, like, same. I was like, darn it. I, I have some theories that I'll keep. <laughs> I'll keep layering into our conversation with Disneyland and Disney World and Universal. Uh, but with these like theme park wars happening now, like I, I feel like Disney's finally stepping up to respond to Universal's crazy future plans. And, you know, in my mind, I want to say that's because Bob Iger is back and he's like, what what are we doing? We haven't been responding to this. So they're like pumping out all this news, knowing that Universal was pumping out news. So I don't know who was going to pump out news first. And in my imagination... Iger is going back to like every rumor and it's like, let's just make it true. Let's look at every rumor and we're just going to announce it as truth. And he <laughs> we found can just out. do that. These are like minimal. Let's yeah. go. Tiana's Palace, it's just an easy overlay to the point where I'm actually yep. disappointed. <laughs> of course, I'm excited for more Tiana, but it's it's just the same place. It's not a sit down restaurant. There's no live music and there's no character meet and greet. So it's just a, a, a re rebrand so right. I, I honestly I have think more to that, say about that too when you're done right like i don't think that was if there was ever a real plan for tiana's restaurant it wouldn't have been this it would have been an actual immersive like be our guest or like tiana's place on the cruise ships which was like in incredible and the fact that you can't do that in new orleans square you know it's kind of a, a bummer to hear that what were your thoughts right oh well first of all i was I'm kind of like, now the New Orleans thing almost has to happen, where the New Orleans Square stretches all the way to Tiana's Bayou Adventure. Because, like, what is even the point now? Like, she's <laughs> right. going to be all over the place. It's like Star Wars, right? Star Wars yeah. kind of all over the other side of the park, and now we have Tiana spread out everywhere. 
Um, and so, like, why didn't we just give her Hungry Bear? Nobody cares about Hungry Bear. Yeah. Like, the restaurant's fine, but, like, we're not, like, I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of people who care about Hungry Bear, but, like. And it's like, two that stories. That could have been converted into this amazing. Yeah, yeah. It's huge. And, like, the country bears aren't even here anymore. Like, like what bears are we talking about? Winnie the Pooh, he just wants honey. Like, let's, <laughs> let's go something else. But. Yeah, I was kind of disappointed that it didn't end up being there, and they really could have made something really pretty. And right next to her attraction, you come right? out and you could go to her restaurant. Like, right? Come on, Add even a little if they made it counter shop. service, it's like, yeah, right. It would be perfect to just flow right out of there. So, making it in New Orleans Square feels random. I also didn't like that they just are sticking a sign over it and be like, boom, now here you go. You know, so yeah, I don't know. And it, then it, it also feels, even though. This is Disney IP, so it feels different than, like, you know, before we're like, oh, IP's taking over the park before Disney owned all of it, right? Like, when we used to have Star Tours yeah. before they owned Lucasfilm and all this stuff, all this IP's taking over our attractions and our rides. Like, they're still taking their own IP and just lathering it over the top of things that are Disneyland original. Like, yeah. now is there going to be, like, any more Haunted Mansion or does it always have to come from a Disney film also? So, that's a thoughts around that. That's Still, a like, huge uh, topic. I'll, you know, these YouTubers, I watch their videos. And I was watching one recently, um, and he was talking about how it that's getting worse and worse, where his example, kind of a detour here for a second, at Disney World, there's two water parks. And um, people don't really talk about it. People don't really go to it. But they are one of the most, they are like the best theme water parks in terms of like immersion and storytelling. So there's one called mm-hmm. Blizzard Beach and the concept behind Blizzard Beach is adorable. It is a, there was a snowstorm blizzard in um, Florida, like in that location. And it built up with so much snow. So the Disney Imagineers and the, the villagers decided, let's create a ski resort while it's snowing. And then it went back to normal and everything started melting because it's Florida. So now it's a water park that uses the infrastructure of this alleged ski resort. And so you get to ride the ski lift to the top of the slides. Everything looks kind of like icy. Uh, what? Yeah. Ski lifts? It's really cute and clever. It's a really smart. That's really yeah. cool. And it's like a double story. Right? Double like, story. And it proves that the yeah. Imagineers can do these great things. They don't need the intellectual property to slap on it. Like that was all made up in the minds of the Imagineers. They added new characters. There's like these gators that go skiing there. And then you could see them now swimming. Uh, but his problem, his problem with what's happening now was they added this uh, updated kids area, and they put Elsa, Anna, and the Frozen cast in there. It has nothing yep. to do nope. with it other than snow, but it still defeats a purpose. It's a fictional land. It ruins the whole thing. And and he said exactly what you said is he's worried that they feel like it's okay if you're slapping it on if it's Disney on Disney. But it still won't work if it doesn't fit the story that the Imagineers came up with. Yeah. Kind of a bummer. I was even kind of bummed. Like, it sounds silly, but, like, I had a moment where I was like, ah, that they gave up on using or having Batu in the Batu timeline. Like, they were just like, forget it. Let's just have characters and all that stuff. And, like... I liked it at first, and then I got a little like, oh, but it was kind of cool to like see the effort and the story behind this area. And yeah, it sucks that we might not get everything else that you can get if you don't have that. But then it's like free for all. It kind of feels cheap, right? Yeah. Like, as much as we wanted all the other characters, it was like they already yeah. 
they already made a very strong decision, so stick with it. You know, build another land maybe for those other characters. That's funny. Right. Or have that some also type just of shows specific thing for that. As Disney Holics, we want it all. We're never happy, but that's what we're here for. We, to yeah, talk we're never it. happy. For sure. <laughs> I'll be the first person to admit. <laughs> Um, and speaking of never happy, my trip coming up in February to Disneyland, I was very excited because the treehouse showed it was reopening the day I get there. And I was so stoked. I'm like, oh, I can't wait to see what this treehouse is like. It's not going to happen anymore. It's back down refurbishment for much longer. Um, and now it looks like they've blocked off the area in front of the treehouse to work, obviously, on the entrance and all the stuff that goes with that side of the treehouse. And they've even blocked off the entire entrance to go beyond that. And then just recently, like just early this week, they've now blocked it all the way up to Jungle Cruise. And then from like Jungle Cruise to Pirates of the Caribbean is completely blocked off. It looks like it such a cluster. Because people are coming all the way in and they realize they can't get through it. Yeah. So that- it's only for Jungle Cruise basically now, right? If you enter yeah. Adventure. Yeah. That is, I, I remember when they were building Galaxy's Edge, there was like this annoying dead end near Fantasyland, I think, for, for like a year. Yes. Yeah. And it was so uh, disorienting because you try to go that way. <laughs> and then it's like, what? Wait. You're like, and that's oh, going to happen you all the time. And then you're like, oh, where am I going? <laughs> right. How do I do this now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they've they've changed it a little bit. So it's a little easier to see once you're what you're getting yourself into. And they've also added signage to help people from getting stuck in a dead end. So... Um, and then with that said, since that area is now blocked off as a walkthrough, they've also put down Fantasmic for a refurb because the traffic is just astronomical on that side of like oh. going through Frontierland to get through to like New Orleans Square and whatnot. So all that Rivers of America traffic is very busy. So they decided it's not a good time to have Fantasmic running and it needs a refurb anyway. So they took it That's down. That's clever. I think guest comfort. Guest comfort is, is important. And remember when Fantasmic yeah, was gone for quite a while, we were like, God, this area is so nice to walk through now. You could see the rivers. Yeah. And yeah. It's not crazy. <laughs> 100%. Um, all right. And then the other stuff that was announced recently is all stuff that is starting with the Disney 100 celebration. And one of the things is that park hopping is then going to be starting at 11 a.m., I think it might be even February 1st, so just a little bit after Disney 100 Celebration starts on the 27th of January. Um, But yeah, you're allowed to park hop as of 11 a.m. now, which I am having a hard time with my operation brain feeling like, (laughs) why why do we even have that, right? It's only like a couple, like, the California Adventure usually opens at like 10 (laughs) a.m. Right. So like... Why do we have to pick a destination for the first hour or the first couple hours of Disneyland? It's very weird. I don't even know why they even restrict park and hopping saying, if it's like, only for a couple hours. Operational brain that you have, it's like we've been trying to figure out how they've used this data. And we've heard from cast members themselves that the systems are not connected properly. So that part that point is moot. <laughs> so at this point, all they're gathering from this reservation system at Disneyland is what park do people think they want to go to before eleven AM? That's pretty that's it. Yeah, what do they think? And do they stay there? I guess that could be another thing they could see. Cause like, oh, that's true. I could see myself like, oh, only DCA is open. I gotta go there first and then not run out right after an hour, probably. Yeah. You know what I mean? So they might be kind of forced to start over there and then go to the park they actually want to go to at eleven. So it might still help a little bit, but I just I'm yeah, having a hard time. And let's say they do like maybe really they uh, will get to a point where the systems are all talking. And they could use it truly to figure out 
how many people the staff in at the opening of right, each park, right. Um, and food and super inventory. interesting. I want to I want to hear all about it. I wish I they would just tell us. Like, yeah, I'm like, tell me all of the <laughs> operational stuff, please. It's so interesting. Um, and this is another one that I found interesting that during the 100 celebration, that all ticketed guests will receive Disney PhotoPass digital downloads for free of their attraction photos only. So, like, if you go see a character that doesn't they you don't you don't get those for free or stand in front of the castle but when you go on space mountain and takes your photo or you go on splash mountain and takes your photo you get those included on your disneyland app so i just thought that was a nice little perk that they get to add in it's pretty oh cool. i didn't realize it was just the attractions uh but that's so clever because they now they'll have everybody advertising the disney 100 <laughs> free st- advertisement free, right? exactly yeah, yeah. very smart <laughs> Yeah, I bet. Oh, I wonder if they like felt that change because like nobody has it anymore to post. Oh, weird. And I also wonder um, if they'll have like a cool frame, digital frame around the space yeah. mountain picture and all that. I will say, I I get nervous about the ones that don't let you tap at the end. Um, and we'll see this in Disney World Gardens of the Galaxy. There's no tapping at the end, like you know, with Splash oh, Mountain. Oh, tap! I was like, what? Oh, tap for your photo. Disneyland. Like Space Mountain has that too. <laughs> with the newer rides, it's supposed to just pick it up as you fly by on your phone and Magic Band. Never works. I've ridden Gardens of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind like six times. Never once got my photo. And if anything, I've gotten other brown people's photos, which is racist. <laughs> The AI or whatever is using. Hey, I've gotten brown people's photos too, okay? (laughs) But definitely almost always get Asian guys. Mine and somebody else's. (laughs) It is very weird. I don't know how that works, but just give me my real photo. So hopefully they don't have a cluster on their hands with Disneyland. But Disneyland always does things a little bit better than Disney World. So I have hope. Yeah, we don't have the tap thing. So they might be putting it in now that we're switching to magic band oh. but currently you have to type in that long ass number still into your app oh, you're right. to get it which is funny cuz it still <laughs> makes people take pictures of the screen but now they're doing it for the yep. number not to cheat that's hilarious yeah. hilarious we'll see i that actually brings up that they're probably going to add that i would think now that we're having magic bands in the park which i can't believe we have now i'm so excited about that anyway um Let's see what else. They've lowered the price of one-day tickets. Um, so this feels like a Chapek reversal. Like those prices went up and then Bob Iger was like, come on, we can't make this so ridiculous. So you can get one-day tickets at $104 depending on the day, but it's no longer like always capped out at a higher price. So there are so now the more lowest affordable, it can which go. I don't think that is still very affordable. But <laughs> right. So that means 104 is the lowest it can go. And then surges yes. up from there if necessary. That's pretty. Right. It's not bad. It. I mean, five it's more dollars, ninety nine would have looked a lot more enticing if they just yes, cut it by five dollars. I, I agree. Like, can you just? <laughs> so you psychologically, just right? Down a little bit. Yeah. One oh four. Okay. Um, and then they also announced that Magic Key sales will be coming and going throughout the year. So they've announced like they will be coming and going, ebbs and flows. So it makes it a little more. Like, I feel less anxious about, I mean, I, I'd have an annual pass, so it doesn't, or a magic key, so it's harder to even worry about it. But if I didn't, I'd be like, okay, I can, it'll be here and there, and I can grab them when it shows up, right? So that, that's good news for people that don't currently have magic keys that know that they are going to be able to hop in every so often. And I gotta say, I, I've been impressed with just like the, the random uh, sprinkling of magic key 
moments that I've been giving, uh, they've been giving to people. Like we were looking at something on Instagram and there's a, like a free commemorative button. If you take a tour only for magic key pass holders, they'll, they'll get the button. And I've just been seeing so many of those. I'm getting FOMO cause I'm all the way here on the East coast and they'll be like, Oh, stop by <laughs> Pixar pier and you get this cool thing. And I, you know, I, I really appreciate that. So I, I'm seeing how the magic key is supposed to feel more like a membership than an annual pass type of thing. Like it, that country club feel that we always talk about. It's pretty cool. Yeah. It is pretty cool. So hopefully more people can buy them <laughs> if they go on sale. Um, I wanted to <laughs> right. ask you back to uh, our friend, listener, and follower, Kyle Incredible. What was your answer to your favorite Disneyland bathroom? That was a hard one. Um, I ended up choosing... I don't have a favorite one. I think I ended up saying I usually only use two bathrooms in the entire park. So I really started thinking about it. I was like, this is weird. The only bathrooms I can really think about are the one right when you enter in Adventureland, between Adventureland and Frontierland. Oh, yeah. I can picture myself waiting on those rocks for Yeah, on the rocks, right? right? Yeah. And then the (laughs) one in New Orleans Square. So I guess I just spend most of my time over in that area. Yeah. Um, and then somebody in the chat, I think it was Jessica, brought up the Carthay Circle Lounge bathrooms. And I'm like, yes, that. And then all of the like hotel bathrooms have really cool wallpaper. So I like that. Yeah. And the Grand Californian has those restrooms when you when you walk in. Each stall, I think, is door to ceiling doors. Floor to, yep. floor to ceiling like all, doors. Except for in between, though. Oh, really? Only the front doors is ceiling the floor. And then the side ones are just like the regular, like what? Oh my God, don't watch me use the bathroom. Um, yeah. <laughs> don't look at my feet, weirdos, creeps. I also like for, I guess for theming wise, I like the outside of Alice in Wonderland's bathrooms because I always forget that it's there. Yes. And then the Autopia uh, one next to Launch Bay seems to be a little bit more quiet for anyone who wants a quiet restroom <laughs> that one just always smells so bad over there oh my god does it like, i so hold bad. my breath every time i go in a public bathroom no matter where <laughs> it is the whole time and if i need to re re uh re-up my oxygen just breathe I, through your mouth i blow out through my nose yep and then i breathe through my mouth yeah. and then masks uh during the pandemic were kind of nice too <laughs> for bathrooms yeah yeah um wait do the allison ba- uh, allison wonderland bathrooms for the male side or whatever do you guys have the card doors the yes. stalls? Yeah. They look like giant cards? Yeah. Okay, cute. Like, it's yeah. very themed, right? Unexpectedly, because the rest of the park isn't it's necessarily very cute like that. in there. Yeah. I love that. I've always wanted to, like, take a picture in there, and I'm like, I can't take a picture in the bathroom. That's weird. Do it. But Do it's just it. so cute. Uh, <laughs> I'll go in there with you real quick into the women's one. Um, there's right. also something really cool coming to California Adventure. It's not necessarily for the Disney 100, but it's for Lunar New Year. And they've always done a really good job each year with that. Um the thing that I'm excited about, about Lunar New Year at California Adventure, is Hortensia and Oswald are going to be the mascots because it's Year of the Rabbit, and that's just genius. Oh, stop! <laughs> that's so cute. It's so I was cute. like, what? Why? I love it. And they're very DCA. Um, and then all the merch that I've been seeing looks phenomenal. It's like every Disney rabbit. There's patterns of them. Like you have Winnie the Pooh Wait. rabbit, Hortensia, Oswald. Hortensia's a cat, isn't she? I don't know. I know Sorry. Oswald's a rabbit, so I'm assuming his his girl is a, a, 
uh, a rabbit. Maybe I she's, a, she's cat? a cat. Feline? Yeah, she's a cat. That's okay. So buddy. it's just Oswald, and she then is. starring, featuring Hortensia. I guess is how they're doing. And then it. bringing his his lady friend around. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then other rabbits, uh, white rabbit. I've seen, and then you have Thumper. There's just so many Disney rabbits, and we've talked about this during Easter before. So I think the merch is going to be cute, and I'm very excited about checking that Cute. out. Cute. I wonder if Roger Rabbit will be over there. Did you see him earlier? I hope so. I didn't see him on the merch, but there was and there's the just a And the reopening of Toontown. He's got to be popular uh, right now. Come on. Popular. Very cute. Um, well, uh, you want to head over to Disney World for some news? Yeah, let's hear it. Okay, so over at Disney World, uh, they had made changes to their par- park hopping policy as well, except it's a little bit different than Disneyland. So... Uh, the gist of it is there are no more restrictions for entering the park when you're a park hopper with eligible tickets and if you're a pass holder. So, for example, in the past, if I had made a reservation for Magic Kingdom and I decide I just want to go to Epcot instead, I'd still have to go to Magic Kingdom, check in, and then go to Epcot after <laughs> two. What a Hasselhoff. There are some hacks around it. Um if you're still doing that, because it's changing, the changes I don't think are taking place right away. But uh, you can cancel your existing reservation and change it to the park you want to go to. But we're always scared that what if it's sold out and then you're SOL. Yeah, if you drop it. Yeah, then you have right. nothing. Uh, so now there are no reservations needed after 2 p.m. So this is really great for AP holders and AP-brained people who just want to go spend the day at the park after in the afternoon or at night. You don't have to worry about those reservations, which is really nice. And then if you're a ticket holder, um, you obviously would have that reservation already for your first park, and then you can mosey on over to your second park whenever you want, or third park, or fourth park. Um, So that is also pretty (laughs) nice. We also heard news about Tron Light Cycle Run, finally. Uh, That's going to be opening April 8th. This year, and that means there's probably going to be some special previews leading up to that. They tend to do that between pass holders, DVC, cast members. Uh, so I'm excited about that. I I just want it to be open already. I know for a while I was kind of becoming um, less excited about it because it took so long. And now it's like a six-year-old copy of a Shanghai ride. But as they do <laughs> always, they really sold it to me on that New Year's Eve special. And I'm like, okay, I do want to ride this. It looks cool. Fine. I'm going to ride it. So I'm kind of excited. <laughs> I don't think, you know, I feel like I need to go there for opening day, but I, I am excited to ride it. Hopefully later this year. Tron light cycle. Nice. Autopia is not really being touched. Um, I did. I was hoping they would turn that, like Tronify that a little bit. And they also are reopening the big shop where Space Mountain guests normally exit through. Um, I'm assuming now that it's remodeled, it's going to be both Tron and Space Mountain themed. And then you kind of have to walk around that store or a guest through it to get to the actual Tron entrance. And they're also adding a Fantasyland entrance exit after Tron, which is nice because I always think about that. We have that at (laughs) Disneyland, but not at Disney World. Uh, so this would be nice to be able to walk all the way past Space Mountain, past Tron, and then you end up at uh, the circus area of Fantasyland, which used to be a dead end, right? We would always walk to the circus and it's a dead yeah. end and I get confused. Uh, but so now that'll be opened up right there, which is nice. Uh, they also have um, parking at hotels for guests that you don't have to pay for anymore. I mean, first of all, why did you have to pay for it? So for some context, <laughs> JPEG. it was all JPEG. <laughs> it was only for yeah. three years. It was during his time. 
and they finally took it back. So if you already pay 600 or plus dollars a night, you should get parking. So now it's back to complimentary. Yes. And it's not like they have a low inventory of parking like San Francisco or New York City. Like there's plenty of space. You don't have to charge for it. Right. Um, yeah, I think I think they like they didn't look into why places even charge for parking in the first place. Right. And it was like, oh, we can just grab an extra $25 off of people because lots of hotels do this. But it's like they're here to spend a lot of money at your hotel and then also spend even more money at your parks. So right. it's not like they're they're not parking at Disney hotels and going to Orlando to a mall. Like they're going to the parks mo- majority of the time, right? So come on. And it's so I shady. That was ridiculous. Because it happened yeah. around the time they got rid of Magical Express. So, okay, yeah, there's no yep. free bus anymore. So, okay, some families might say, let's rent a car. And then now you're stuck paying for parking. Uh, so right. I'm, I'm so glad that it's back to normal. Um, uh, for uh, asterisk here is DVC members who book uh, never had to pay for parking. There were legal issues that they couldn't charge us for parking because we we're owners. Ha ha, suckers. So I love that. So we <laughs> luckily, um, I wasn't affected, but I also never really rent a car that often. So there's that. And now uh, PhotoPass. Let's talk about PhotoPass. So Disneyland, uh, you had mentioned we're going to get free attraction, complimentary PhotoPass pictures. So at Disney World, they are going to be doing the same thing, uh, all ticketed guests. So let's say you buy a ticket regular, uh, which you and Nicole are going to be doing in this upcoming trip. You get free PhotoPass digital downloads of attractions as well. Um, And then what happens is if you purchase Genie Plus, you get everything included, which was already something that they had before but then you get to get all of it so that's nice photos give photos out it'd be nice yeah and then i had some tea that i wanted to spill about the galactic star cruiser at disney world so uh if you check out tiktok there are a lot of previous or former cast members who did the acting parts of Galactic Star Cruiser. So that's the immersion and sort of role-playing experience aspect of that resort. And they have been leaving the job. And nobody knows why. It's hard to understand if it's if they were resigning or if they were laid off. And what's peculiar about it is that each of these people who are announcing that they had left uh, Star Cruiser have the same first couple of sentences. It says, it'll be like, hi, I'm Mike, a former cast member on the Galactic Star Cruiser, blah, 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 blah. So I think somebody gave them talking points that they can use if they were going to talk about it, I guess. I don't know. It's very, the whole thing is very sus. And we looked at the calendar and between January and June, there's nothing sold out except for one, two nights that it looks like it's either maintenance or a private event. So... I don't know what's going to happen. You know, we have. Been oh my God. Could you imagine that. that for a private event? That would be so fun. That could be cool. All yours. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. That would be cool. And maybe that's the better way to experience it. So I don't know. Yeah. I think, I think it's past its prime. I feel like we may have missed the spaceship. If it was something we cared about, yeah. I don't think it's going to go back to how immersive it was in the beginning. It seems like, uh, they are scaling back some stuff. And then the, the, the knowledge that we have of not it's not being sold out anymore you know there are some some concerns there a lot of fan speculation don't want to get into that but it, it could turn into a lot of different things if this doesn't work out so fascinating stuff but yeah that's yeah, disney it's world kind of interesting it's like you know when there's uh, a movie that didn't do well and they call it a flop and it's like 
this next level of immersive experience we haven't really seen before. So it feels like obviously needs some fine tuning, um, but it just, it still excites me thinking about it. I feel like because of the price point, I feel okay that we didn't go. But other than I'm actually pretty sad. I feel like if we had gone in the first like month it was open, we would have gotten what we wanted out of it. Yeah. However, it's it quickly started declining and... And I've seen this many times, like even World of Color. World of Color was too crazy when it first opened, like the very first time ever it opened. I skipped it for like a year and then already it was cut, like not like the whole thing, but they already cut scenes out of it. It was like washed down already because of money or whatever reasons they, they had. So you already were missing out on the full experience. Same with like fireworks. They cut fireworks down after they've been showing it for a while. There's It's like a common thing with Disney and... The Galactic Star Cruiser looks like it's having the same problem, but much bigger. <laughs> like, the change is <laughs> yeah. like a lot more drastic. Um, and I, I'm pretty bummed, but I'm also, I feel like the Dodge the Bullet, like 50-50 probably. Right. I got to say, uh, the, the cast members who are giving their testimonials, uh, we have to appreciate them. They had t- they were saying that they they were not using anything like um, audio pieces or earpieces to continue their story or to be scripted. Everything had to be memorized and or improv, including remembering every single guest's name that you're going to be interacting with in your storyline. And so one of the guys was like, I would go to bed still in character, thinking and remembering these names of people that I'm going to encounter tomorrow and what I'm going to say to them. And he said the reason why him and his castmates put that much effort into it is because he knew how ridiculously expensive the vacation was and he wanted to make sure they got their money's worth. So even Uh the cast members were like realizing the pressure of how expensive this is. And I've been going on Disney cruises more often. It's, it's just ridiculous how they're, how much they're charging for galactic cars, star cruiser for two nights. Ridiculous. But, I was thinking about that because yeah. I did see one of those videos. I didn't, I didn't tell you, but I did see this one guy on TikTok that often pops up in my feed um, talking about that and how they're basically working 24 hours a day while they're there. And I was comparing it to cruise people. While they're not in character, they are like they have to remember everybody and all that stuff, too. And I'm like, dude, how do they how like how do all these types of people get paid? In this type of industry, are they getting paid for twenty-four hour days, or like what's going on with that? Because <laughs> they wish. Like I agree with I that. Like it. if yeah. I was in that position, I would also sleep and dream about my job. Like it just you have to kind of like be in it full force. So very interesting, and I feel a little bad for them. So hopefully they are getting paid well while they're on the Star Cruiser. But I, don't <laughs> I don't think they are. Number one, That's sad enough to say. Ouch. And number two, cruise ship. Uh, staff are it's notorious for underpaying them that's why they license their ships in like bahamas instead of the u.s so they don't have to follow labor laws awful awful uh and they they have to go down to their bunks and they don't get paid what's worse is i've learned over the last 10 years or so flight attendants don't get paid until that door closes that last door we're now closing the doors everything else before that they're not getting paid for isn't that insane oh wait what yeah Yep, walking to the thing, getting everybody ready, telling us to put our damn seatbelts on. None of that is hourly pay until that final door closes. <laughs> and that's been a law for like that's decades. That's crazy. Yeah, I think that sucks. I think the pilots are in the same boat. I'm not sure, but I know for sure flight attendants. Wow. So yeah, okay, that to that. me for sure feels like work. 
Yeah. That's totally. crazy. And they have to deal with like wow. yelling at people about their stupid suitcases. Yeah, there's already like, I ask questions sometimes like, oh, is it a full flight? Like I'm already, like they're in work mode. They're not like right. having fun. Oh, not taking yeah, a break. Yeah. What sad. the heck? That's bananas. <sighs> um, okay. So moving on from Disney World and over to Universal, there's some movement going on there too. And we don't often veer out of Disney parks, but we're going to today because it's just exciting. And I love the the thing that you were mentioning earlier that Disney really does step up to the plate when Universal challenges them. So it's exciting yeah. to hear what Universal is doing because it's likely to light a fuse under Disney. So what's going on over in Universal? Yeah, and we love to theorize what's happening behind the scenes. And I wonder from the press teams from Disney and Universal, like which came first? Was it the Universal huge announcements and then Disney scrambled and said, we're going to tell (laughs) people when Tron opens? Like nothing was that big, but it was so many little things from Disney that we got super excited, like all the things we just went over, where Universal came out and said, guess what? We're announcing a new theme park. We are just opening Super Nintendo World in Hollywood. Another one is coming to Epic Universe in Orlando. And we have these experiences that you're going to hear more about in other places, Las Vegas. So these are like huge announcements. So let's go to Super Nintendo World. Uh, That's at Hollywood and it's opening at Epic, Epic Universe in a couple of years. Now, I've been trying to avoid spoilers for Super Nintendo World uh, since the Mario Land opened in, I believe, Japan, Universal Japan, because I don't want to see any spoilers. I'm really excited about that. And I'm waiting for Epic Universe in Orlando. Now that all of our uh, stateside friends and social media influencers are going to Hollywood, I am seeing spoilers left and right about this Nintendo experience. Uh, (laughs) But it still looks pretty cool. And it's open now. Uh, What do you think? Are you trying to avoid spoilers? Are you just going to watch what you see? Yeah, so um, this was a discussion on our live also last week. And what I said is I've seen too much, but (laughs) I quickly change it as soon as I know what I'm looking at. And the one thing that actually got me excited about it, even though I only see these videos for half a second before I realize what it is and, and slide off of it, is that I literally have seen a couple videos where I didn't realize I was looking at a video. It looked like a cartoon. Mm. Like the... It, it looks like it's done so well that I literally thought I was watching like a an animated video until I saw like a person in, and I was like, ah, what am I looking at? <laughs> like swipe off of it real fast. I'm like, okay, that actually impressed me because one of my biggest things about Super Mario World I didn't like was that the natural lighting just kind of made it look like plastic and kind of meh. Like it didn't, it, right. I feel like it needs the lighting to look like Super Mario um, or Super Nintendo, but... I guess not because in these <laughs> couple videos have fooled me 100%. So it looks crazy. Um, like I the am excited. Plants I am not. Look like piranha. I didn't plants. see those yet. Oh, okay. They look like they're just. <laughs> they just can't. It's a real place, and we walked into the video game. <laughs> it's pretty. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I'm not like. I also am waiting for Epic Universe. Um, and so I, I mean, I might go to this one. I'm not sure, but I, I'm just trying to keep calm about it because i really don't have the time to go to it anyway <laughs> right so. yeah that's true and it's not that like, close you know, to fine. disneyland like anaheim and hollywood yeah traffic wise <laughs> right. aren't that close uh the other thing i would say if anyone is wondering whether or not they should go now or wait till the orlando one opens up in a couple years the reason why i want to wait for the orlando one is if you think about uh the way harry potter 
the presence of Harry Potter at Universal Florida versus Hollywood. It's just much bigger. There's two immersive lands at Orlando uh, versus one in Hollywood. And then in Hollywood, because it's built in the middle of Studio City and on a hill, you can see the buildings of Los Angeles and the LA Valley. Like you could see the Hilton from Universal Studios. And, you know, I don't like that. <laughs> if it's supposed to be immersive, I don't like it. used to work in the past because it wasn't supposed to be immersive. But now when you have Harry Potter and Mario and they're supposed to be immersive, kind of takes me out a little bit. Um, so that's one reason to wait. They have a way to make it immersive in Orlando. And then the second reason is Orlando is also getting the full Nintendo Mario experience that Tokyo got, meaning there's a little bit more of a kinetic energy in that land. For example, there's a Yoshi ride that you can ride and it's just like a cute little, um, like a, uh, Omnimover ride. It was, it sounds like what we were supposed to get at Galaxy's Edge when you ride on that animal and it goes around the park. They have something like Mom this walk. in Tokyo. Yeah. And it makes the, it makes the land from what I've seen look alive like a video game and so there's that yeah. but then more importantly they also have donkey kong country and they're not building that in hollywood only in orlando and that's going to have a roller coaster that i've been waiting for since i was like 13 years old when donkey kong country came out it was one of the most graphically <laughs> incredible things at the time and it was the first time donkey kong became like a character i only knew him from the top of the arcade game and he's throwing barrels down at mario but now he's right. a character he has a backstory and family i loved it so much but one of the game mechanics in that video game was the minecart and that was so much fun to play and probably still is it's a crazy minecart it's a roller coaster you have to hop when the there's holes in the track and then there's things in the way universal is freaking building that at Universal. You get to ride the <laughs> minecart and the track will have missing pieces on it that will appear like you're going to fall off and you jump over because they have this technology that's actually holding the cart below the false track. Again, just genius and we know, you know, after reporting on this stuff over years, like a lot of imagineers have went over to Universal. So in my mind, I feel like this is still imagineering coming it's up still with still Disney. These. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're the they're the masterminds behind these. So, uh, yeah, that's that's why I think it'll be worth the wait. Plus, it's a full new theme park that's going to have everything else. Uh, monsters, it's yeah. going to have How to Train Your Dragon, all that. So You know what? Real quick, let me ask you. It's The one in Universal Hollywood is called Super Nintendo World. But it's just Mario, right? Is there anything yeah. other than Mario? From what I know, it is. And I am actually confused between the world. I think Tokyo okay. is called different. And I think in... Epic Universe, it's going to be Super Mario World and Donkey Kong Country as two lands uh, versus okay. Super Nintendo World. Um, so it is very confusing. I was but just realizing, in Hollywood, like, why do they call it like blanket statement? <laughs> right. In Hollywood, it's, it's just Mario. Uh, but that brings us to the next topic, which is this new Universal Parks and Resorts experience coming to Frisco, Texas. Sorry, I never heard of that place, but I've also never really been to Texas, except for Austin. But when I kept seeing the news, I thought people were using shorthand for San Francisco, which which was a turnoff because I hate when people say Frisco. And then I was like, why aren't they saying the whole thing? <laughs> so it took me a second. So this Universal Park is coming to Texas, Frisco, Texas. And what it's beginning to look like is it's meant to be 
a family regional park. So this is not meant to be a destination park, you know, for people on the East or West Coast to fly to necessarily. And I think one of the most comparable parks that we could think of was Legoland, which they have in several places like in uh, near San Diego and, and there's one in New York. And so those are also regional family parks. So it seems like they're going to be doing something along those lines. And what we have learned from the concept art and some of the announcement is it's going to have some of the universal intellectual properties that families tend to like. So it's going to have like a Shrek area, a How to Train Your Dragon area. There'll probably be Minions. Um, and then there's like a Dra Camp Jurassic Park type thing. So I think they have enough stuff to make that fun. Uh, but... You know, I don't think it's anywhere that we will be flying to to go to specifically anytime soon, but really cool right. for people of Texas who want to have something new to visit. Yeah. Um, Universal is also making some movements over in Las Vegas. So it's kind of cool to see these new locations also get things on the map for these big parks, right? Yeah. Just in general, like... It's pretty impressive. Um, we're so used to Orlando and Los Angeles. like, And that's <laughs> really one of those it. things... Behind the scenes, like, I want to think that Iger and Disney had no idea this Texas announcement was going to happen. Ooh, And they're yeah. probably like, oh, my God, what? And they're scrambling. What are we going to do? They what tried Disney do? Quest. It didn't work. And I think Universal is, is going to figure out how to do regional if it's just like Legoland, because that seems to be successful, Legoland. Yeah, yeah. So in uh, Las Vegas, they are opening in year-round, like, a constant horror experience and i i am very excited about this i always like get the urge to go to some type of horror experience and then i have to wait till october and then everything's crammed in yeah. doing all your halloween stuff and then i miss it or i only get to go to one of them or whatever it is um so knowing that there's going to be a year-long uh, horror experience if that's your thing you can find it in las vegas so they don't have a date of when they're opening yet but it looks like it's going to be moving in right next door to area 15 which is already this huge complex full of immersive activities and things to do. I haven't been there yet, but I'm planning to go there on my next trip. Um, it's known for like Meow, Meow Wolf, Wolf is there. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, haven't Meow been Wolf there either. There, so that's... They have a pretty cool flexible spaces as well that they can change out. So the only time I went there was for a BTS experience, which was really cool. I went with my sister. Oh, that's right. You yeah. did go there. <laughs> and it was really neat. It was one of those like Instagrammy pop-up immersive music video concert experience. It was a whole thing. Um, and so I can see that they have the infrastructure there to and, and to extend that whole concept to Universal. It just it kind of makes sense. I think that was a smart move. Totally, yeah. Um, and immersive has become my new favorite term. Like, kind of I'm realizing everything I do in life, I want it to be immersive, like as much as possible. Um, in Disney, in escape rooms, like this is the reason I enjoy these things is the immersion and like that faux activity you're doing. Like it doesn't have to be real. It just has to make me feel like it's real. I want it to feel yes, cool yes. and different and unique and that Area 15 has a lot of those, like you said, they get, they're get they kind of interchangeable. So things are moving and um, going there. I think Meow Wolf was even only supposed to be there for a while, and it's pretty much permanent at I this point. I think so, too. So, yeah, that sounds familiar. Yeah, yep. So a lot of stuff going on there. And then right next door, we're going to get this whole new Universal Complex. And it sounds like it's going to be a collage of 
um, haunted house walkthroughs. So similar to what we've seen for um, Halloween Horror Nights in Universal, we're going to see some of those moving over there and interchanging also. Like sometimes it'll be the the it walkthrough sometimes it'll yeah. be the corporate synergy whatever, like if the there's a poltergeist movie or whatever a horror movie from universal coming out they could switch it to that any time of the yeah, year now they that's could cool add it as promo like so yeah. smart so good um and then there's also going to be other immersive experiences which they haven't really gone too deep into explaining but one thing i thought was super exciting about what they said is it says here in this article it says the brand new original concept will feature a variety of unique immersive fantastic horror-centric experiences that will surround in high-energy food and beverage spaces by day turned haunting turned into (laughs) turned into haunting bars and eateries by night so it almost sounds like you go to a restaurant and it feels one day one way in the daytime and another way at night that's That's so cool i love that like so not only are they getting a way for you to experience all these different things that are interchangeable, but then they also are interchangeable each day. That's like crazy. You can just yeah. live in there for the day probably. I like that there's something to um, do even if you don't go into the horror maze or anything. You could go and hang yeah, out there yep. and eat and drink. Yep. Um, when The way that they, they described that, that you had just said, I am hoping that they also add escape rooms to this complex. So I was going to talk about that too. Um, The escape rooms in Universal, but real quick, just to highlight Vegas specifically. Um, (laughs) This is so crazy. So in Vegas, for some reason, they get all the IP. Like escape rooms, you see a lot of, um, like we did one called Peter Pan's Flight or something similar where, or no, they called it, do you remember what that one was called? Oh, wait, the fake Harry Potter. Peter Pan, but it's... We went to yeah, a fake, like bootleg Harry Potter. Yeah, we went to a fake Harry Peter Potter Pans. once, and I was like, "Hey, um, I forgot what I asked, but that she freaked out and was like, no, this isn't officially licensed.' Which like, just that's, this is not. There's no Harry here. Yeah, she's oh, like Hermione. Universal doesn't own the rights to wizards and spells or something. I was like, okay, fine, right? But it looks like literally identical <laughs> yeah. to the right. right. So we see a lot of that in escape rooms, which I can't hate them for because they can't afford those licenses. Oh, escape sure. rooms are up and coming, right? Um, however, Vegas has got the money. They can get those IPs. Let's roll. So in Vegas, they currently have a Saw experience. So you can like live in the movie Saw, which I'm doing, and I don't know why, because it sounds like a horrible thing, but it sounds so exciting. <laughs> so you can do an escape room um, with the IP of Saw. You can do one with Blair Witch. Um, they are opening a new It like complex it's going to be an escape room for it and they have attached to the building the jade what's it called the jade the jade something jade dragon or something next door and it's the chinese restaurant that they ate at in the second it like the it chapter two and i'm like that's so smart like they have an actual restaurant attached that's themed in with it so so exciting, all the stuff that they are able to do in Vegas. And it's like seems like a lot of horror, like a lot of love for horror out yeah. there in Vegas. So yeah. I'm definitely going to be visiting there in the next few years. Um, and then speaking of escape rooms, over in Universal Orlando, they opened the two escape rooms that we've been excited about for a long time. They have the Back to the Future escape room and Jurassic Park escape room. Now, I've been seeing reviews. I tried to avoid them for a long time and then... 
of course I would end up seeing it and I'm just like fine um for people who are escape room enthusiasts they do not sound to be perfect in their eyes they are not the traditional escape room they're really easy however they are saying the set design is immaculate and the experience is immersive so I still think I'm definitely still gonna go I'm excited about it. However, it's probably not as challenging as your average escape room and like not as fun for that matter of like figuring out how to get out. It's just more you're in this immersive experience. So I guess interesting that sense, to right, hear how for... that opened and getting very mixed reviews. But um, nonetheless, that audience, I'm excited like, uh, for it because hopefully Disneyland has to do it now. <laughs> family vacations uh things like that so that makes sense hopefully exactly. they can like come the up void. with a it'd be nice if they came up with a way and i think you've said this before at other escape rooms that you went to but to like create difficulty levels for your group just like when you start a video game yeah that would be nice yeah and in my mind uh this is a prototype for that vegas thing <laughs> even the way they have a bar and drinks inside the back to the future escape area and all that stuff like this sounds like a mini version proof of concept of whatever the heck is coming to yeah. Las Vegas. So I do hope yeah. for both of our sake, I know you love escaping, but I love an IP slapped on it. So that would be so cool if they had <laughs> that at, in Vegas, both the mazes and the um, escape rooms. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I think the only, I think I've only been to one official IP escape room and it was Cartman's. So it was South Park. Oh. Um, And it was, it was good. It was cute. But it didn't necessarily, it still was a good escape room. It didn't really change it for me. Like, oh, this is so much better because it has the IP on it. But that also is like cutesy. I feel like if it's like they're getting into horror and then they use the actual IP from it, it would be super scary versus yes. like a, oh my God. a character that we don't know that's chasing us versus like Pennywise. You know yes, what I mean? Yes, <laughs> totally. That makes, that's a good way to put it. Like, And that's what makes the those mazes at Orlando more scary than some of the regional ones that just use their own characters because you're like, well, at least for me, yeah. I'm like, oh my God, I've been scared of Michael Myers since childhood and oh my God, he's right there. <laughs> oh my God. And the music too. You oh. know what? This is so funny because this is exactly the opposite that we were talking about earlier. Like when they slap Frozen on the water park and we don't like it. <laughs> right. There's just like ways it can and can't yeah. work, I guess, right? And it, it is a good uh, differentiator between Universal and Disney. So I think Disney is sometimes competing with Universal or trying to, but they won't say it. But Universal to me, like it or not, has the most natural progression of rides to be screen-based and IP because they are mm -hmm. movie studio. And that's what people are looking right. for. Whereas Disney, I want to see like Big Thunder Mountain Railroad and new characters and the Haunted Mansion and it doesn't have to be IP. Um, so I always wonder that too. I feel like Universal can get away with it a little bit more than Disney. Right. Totally. Whew. All right. So that is a wrap on the news, but that was a whole lot of, a lot of news right there. So um, we talked a lot about new things opening, which is super exciting. And I thought it would be fun to take a moment to look back in time at some of the grand openings of some of our favorite Disney attractions. Um, and with that said, this is a new debate I have, and I want to hear your input on it. And if any of our listeners want to write in and let me know what they think, I am debating when I go to Disneyland for the 100th celebration, if they're doing some type of uh, kickoff at the castle, some type of celebration mm -hmm. to kick off the um, 100th celebration, like 
should I wait for that at the castle or should I run over to Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway for the kickoff for the attraction? So now we have two things going on at the same time. And so I'm a little bummed realizing that. So I'm like, well, where do I go with my time? So just something to think about as we go through this. And I'm actually going to start off with probably the coolest to date grand opening of all time, in my opinion. The Pirates of the Caribbean, 1967 in Disneyland. Reel it back. Go back in time. So it started off with a pirate show on the Columbia. And what I mean by pirate show is that... First of all, the press was invited on the boat, right? They're all aboard aboard the Columbia. And then pirates like came up in a little rowboat and ambushed the ship. So they climb up the sides on those like rope ladders and they're coming in and they're drinking all their booze. They're throwing their women over their shoulders, like totally not PC anymore. But that was like way back when. Um, and they were fighting the, I think it's supposed to be like colonial time. Is that correct? You know, like the like whatever yeah, like the, regular people like in the movies i think they're called i don't know what they're called but they're like from europe and they have the fancy outfits yeah right they're like european some type of i'm gonna go with colonial for now i'm probably sure. wrong but we can all fix that in our imaginations <laughs> so the colonial people are on the columbia the pirates take over they're fighting them with swords or shooting guns they're like swinging from ropes it's this whole thing it's like super crazy um and then they end up, like, even making some of the people walk the plank. Like, they have a plank sticking guests? out of the Columbia. <laughs> Not guests. <laughs> actors. So they have the, oh, okay. like, colonial actors. Then they have the press people who are actually on the boat that are guests. And they're just kind of spectating. Um, which also shows that they did special stuff for media, even back then, that, like, regular guests weren't allowed on. Um, but they were, like, throwing people off the side of the boat. Again, just other actors. Throwing them off the boat, making them walk the plank. And then once they took, like, full control of the ship, it turned into, like, a party. So they had, like, a pirate band, and they're all drinking That's and cool. cheersing and dancing around. And it was it was just really epic. So that was just on the boat. Then once the boat has made its full tour around the rivers of America, it docks. And then the pirates now are going to take over the building of Pirates of the Caribbean. And... On their way from the dock over to Pirates, they then come in to, um, they come in contact with like a bunch of colonial guards and now they have to fight them. So there's more shooting and more sword fights and they end up killing them and they're laying down on the ground like dead or whatever, which is just so crazy to think about nowadays. Um, And you have to remember that at this time, Pirates of the Caribbean entrance looked very different. They did not have that bridge yet that you go over. And they didn't have that queue in front. So the doors that we go in, when you finally go inside the queue, that was the beginning of the queue for Pirates of the Caribbean back then. So they had guards kind of crossing in front back and forth with their guns on their shoulder, like protecting the entrance. And so that was the final fight. They knocked those two guys out. And then they had a giant tree log and they like a a battering ram and they knocked through the doors, the pirates. And officially took over Pirates of the Caribbean and then welcomed all the guests in. And that was like the big grand opening of Pirates of the Caribbean. That is pretty cool. I also forgot that it wasn't even an opening day Disneyland ride. So this was interesting that they did this whole fantasy. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, like 12 years later or whatever. Yep. 
Super cool. And then um, I picked a couple others. One is my favorite attraction, but we'll get there in a second. But first is Space Mountain because I actually did attend a somewhat reopening of this attraction. So I got to see something that went down. So I thought I'd add that in. But let's go back to the original opening of Space Mountain. And this was actually in Disney World. So a lot of people forget it opened Mm. in Disney World first in 1975. And they did a huge dedication in front of the attraction. They had, (laughs) this is what they said, thousands of flying doves. Doves. A 2,000 member band. Right, they like let the two thousands go and they fly away. That's insane. Two thousand member band, like what? That's amazing. Um, Fifty thousand balloons were let go, and they had a special daytime red and white fireworks show. Have you seen those where it's like they shoot like dust in the air sometimes oh, too? Okay. So it's like colorful. Yeah. And then they have some pyrotechnics. So it's very patriotic, right? Um. And they then had a pageant of the nations. And this was like people parading through Tomorrowland holding these giant flags up. But they were like kind of set to look like symbols instead. So you see the flag, but then there was also a symbol um, symbolizing their nation, which is just super cool. So it was very like patriotic for America and then they also included all other nations because space travel is not just an America thing so we included (laughs) the whole shebang which is really cool and they had some speakers on the stage after that big entrance right Um, and they had astronauts Jim Irwin Scott Carpenter and Gordon Cooper and they did a speech this great achievement for science and technology was possible because of dedicated men who had the vision for the future We astronauts are here today to salute all those who made our trip into space possible. They have permitted us to see the Earth as a precious blue jewel in the blackness of space. Now all of us may enjoy this sense of wonder because of Walt Disney. Walt had a dream. Today we see the results of that dream. And then it was very cute. They had Mickey Mouse come out. In his astronaut gear, and he announced, like, congratulations, Space Mountain is now open. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we proudly present Space Mountain. Congratulations, Space Mountain's now open. <laughs> that was a great oh. imitation. Thank you. Very cute. Did you know that it opened just this past weekend, January 15th? Sundays is when Space Mountain, this past Sunday, celebrated. In Disney World, you mean? Yeah, Jan 15th, 1975. Oh, cool. No, I did not know that. I only know that because, and I'm going to give a shout out to Inside the Magic. Um, I watched this guy's, it's it's called Inside 300, I think. It's less than five minutes. It's a great quick news update every day if, if anyone is looking for something quick like that. And that's where I learned that it was Space Mountain's birthday. Celebrating its anniversary. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Um, so moving on over to Disneyland in 1977, they also had a very patriotic vibe going on. They had different bands, including the Disneyland band, play some patriotic songs and fanfare right in front of the entrance. And then they had speakers as well. They had six of um, the Mercury astronauts. Again, Scott Carpenter, Gordon Cooper were there. And then John Glenn, Wally Shira, Alan Shepard, and 
I don't know how to pronounce this one. D-E-K-E? Decky? Deke. Slayton? Sorry if I had that wrong. Deke? Just like that? I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. I've heard the name Either Deke, way. though, but I've never seen it spelt out, so I really don't know. Yeah, right? Um, and then Gus Grimson, unfortunately, had passed, but his widow was there to represent him. Um, and then after the celebration and the ceremony, the astronauts took the inaugural ride, which I think is so cute. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> so adorable. Um, and then Disneyland 2005 was the grand reopening. It had closed for a long refurbishment before the uh, 50th anniversary of Disneyland. So it was closed for two years, and it got a little reimagined um, and re structured also even though it's i believe the track is exactly the same it needed to be completely rebuilt so it was a big project um and this one nicole who we're taking to disney world for her first time and i and her husband showed up early and we got there to be there for the grand reopening and unfortunately they didn't let guests up to the top platform where they did all the show (laughs) i was so mad i'll never forget how upset i was um but we could hear it, and turns out that Neil Armstrong himself, who's the first man to step foot on the moon, and Mickey Mouse in his new space outfit, uh, came out to do a speech commemorating and rededicating the attraction. Was this um, when it also, went from... Also, Matt Wiemet was there. Did they repaint it white, and it was like that weird gold for a while? Did this happen around the same time? I didn't like that gold. Like rocket rock gold. I feel like the... I mean, gold would match 50th anniversary. So did they do that for the 50th? No, it was that ugly, uh, like, Jules Verne half-ass Tomorrowland makeover. I think it's, like, 2000, but I don't know how long it stayed Oh, was it that long ago? I remember that, and I don't like it either. Yeah, just it was supposed to look like the Paris one, but then they only did, like, half of it budget-wise. You know, this was pre-Chapek, and they were still doing some of the (laughs) half-budget things. Yeah, I don't know when that was, but I, I didn't see pictures from this either. It was very hard to actually find information on this one for some reason, but... Um, so I don't know if that was when the repainting happened. I feel like it didn't happen that long ago, but maybe it did. Um, so anyway, so yeah, Neil Armstrong was up there and he also left his footprints for a plaque that they keep on display in the attraction. Did you know about this? I had no idea. I need to go find this now. Evidently it's still there somewhere. I, I couldn't figure out where, so I just need to keep my eyes open. I feel like it's going to be in the queue somewhere or something. I don't know. Very interesting. Um, And then a fun quote from Neil Armstrong that day. He said, I'm always pleased to be with Mickey. He's two years older and I and I respect my elders. Oh, that's cute. Respect your elders, even if he is Mickey Mouse. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So cute. Two years older than Neil Armstrong. Um, And he also took a minute to really talk to people about how space travel and Disneyland are kind of coming from the same source and that's our imaginations right like space travel was such an imaginative idea at some point before it became a reality and yeah tomorrowland you know opened up with disneyland with that rocket before we actually rocketed to the moon that's (laughs) that's a great point that's pretty neat yeah very cool so yeah um i remember being there and we were just smashed. There's this picture from Getty Images that they got. Oh, of I thought you meant you. And we're just like. We're drunk. <laughs> oh, no. Like physically smashed. Like people were pushing. And we we're all stuck behind, um, like right by where Captain EO entrance is or the Tomorrowland Theater. 
like right there, they would lock, they blocked it off for everybody because they had the press thing going upstairs on the platform in the queue. And so we all got there at opening and had to wait for the big celebration to happen that we couldn't be included in, which was such a bummer. That's weird. And then they opened it up and it was chaos. But they like even put you in a holding area knowing that you're not going to be able to see it anyways. Yeah. Like, come on. So that one was a little bit of a bust, but it sounded very cute. I thought they had such a great um, way of commemorating it and bringing out all those astronauts. I think it's just such a cute idea. So Disney did it right. However, can we please be included? Like, we're the ones that love you so much and give you all our money. I just want to see. At least Seriously. put a screen out or something. Come on. Yes. Wait, and that's then an I'm easy get fix. To... The screen. Yeah, yeah, just like, <laughs> come on. Put it. And a lot of these have had stages. Like, that's fine too. But we, yeah. it was literally out of range for us. Like, couldn't see anything. Um, okay. And then the last one I'm going to cover is Haunted Mansion because it's my favorite attraction. And while I was thinking about this, I really couldn't remember anything. I'm like, what did they do? I just remember certain aspects of it, like pr- things that people mentioned about the first day it was open. But I don't remember like a celebration happening. So I looked into it and turns out. That's because they didn't have one. <laughs> Wait, what? Womp, womp. That's interesting because that so, is one of the few things that I know did not open with the park. And I ex- assumed it would have had a haunting grand opening. You're right. And that's a really good point you bring up is that things that open with the park generally don't get their own because it's like the whole park is opening. Right. So like when you think about watching or looking up some of this stuff, just skip the ones that have the same opening date because it's not going to have anything special. It's like the special thing is that the park is open. Right, yep. Um, yeah, so Haunted Mansion was a very unique situation. The entire facade of the Haunted Mansion, the, the building that we picture as a Haunted Mansion, you know, is just really a queue area, right? It's like there the stretching room and then it's you're no longer having anything to do with what you picture as the haunted mansion and that facade went up in 1963 so haunted mansion opened to the public in um 1969 so that thing was already there for like six years before the attraction opened so people were going crazy and so eager to see this ride because they could see it and look beautiful all the grounds were kept all beautiful and they had a gate to close it off. And it was almost like a it secret was, uh, garden or something. Like Talked about on that Disneyland show a little bit, right? So people kind of knew that there was something coming and there it just took forever? Right, yeah. So it took yeah. forever. They did have signage outside letting you know what this is. Um, and they even like made fun signage like telling you that you can apply to retire here in your afterlife, stuff like that. <laughs> Smart. So they were kind of playing fun with it. However, the fact that it was there for so long with nothing happening... There were all these rumors swirling around, like people saying, oh, like somebody died and they had to halt the construction or it's too scary and they had to fix it all up to make it not so scary because people aren't liking it. And there's all these things going around of why it's taking so long. But um, I actually don't know the real reason besides just planning and they just took their time. Like there wasn't actually any real reason. There wasn't a big halt. It's just it's how long it took. Um, And then officially August 9th, it opened. However, it was announced to the public that it was going to be opening later. First, Disney had um, stated they were going to open up in the Halloween season, so like October. And then operations came in and pushed Mark Davis, like, we need to open this in August because we want it to be there. Like, we want the summer crowd to see this so they can come back. Like, they'll want to come back if they've been on the Haunted Mansion. 
and it'll have them talk about it to their friends and their friends will want to come to see the haunted mansion right so they out of nowhere pushed them to open it like nearly two months in advance and so that's partially and mostly the reason why it didn't get a big grand celebration because so many things had to be cut short and rushed that there just wasn't time to do some type of grand hurrah for it so they opened quietly on august 9th the two days before it, they had cast member previews which i love that they were even doing it back then oh, it's so cool to like cute. realize that that's always been going on right so cast member previews were happening august 9th they basically soft opened it to the public and everybody was like so surprised and they all started raving about it it ended up getting the newspapers the next day and so by that weekend everybody showed up to disneyland to go on the haunted mansion and the attraction line was (laughs) okay so picture going outside of the gates of the haunted mansion mind you they didn't have that queue on the side yet Okay. There wasn't a lot of queues in early Disneyland. So that whole thing that you uh, switch back on the side of Haunted Mansion wasn't there. So it comes out of Haunted Mansion. It goes beyond Pirates of the Caribbean through Adventureland, turns down Main Street from the hub, and like halfway down Main Street or maybe even all the way was the line for Haunted Mansion on the weekend of. (laughs) Like insane. People were waiting up to three and a half hours to go on the Haunted Mansion. And it was a really big deal. It made it into all the newspapers and people just kept coming, and it really made the Haunted Mansion into a big hit. And back so. in the 60s, that's an interesting way for information to flow to the public because there was no social media, there was no Instagram or Facebook. And so you really would pick up this newspaper. It's a newspaper. And <laughs> you're like, what? What is this? And then you have to go and drive over there. It's exciting. You know, maybe it's picked up on the local news, but you only had a few sources of information and everybody got it at the same time, you know, that morning. When the right. Newspaper. Yeah. So fascinating. And it's like this thing that I've been curious about for six years now that I thought we still had two year, or two months to wait for. And I can just go now? Like, what? My exciting. head would have exploded. I would have been down there in a rush. So, yeah. And then um, moving into some more recent grand openings, things are still kind of done a little bit of the same way, right? Yeah, so there's let's some get, new uh, spa- uh, yeah. Yeah, what do we got for some, some newer ones? Cos- let's get a little bit cosmic. That's the word I'll use. Um, and talk about a few of the openings, yeah, that were more in um I guess yeah, we've experienced all the next three in in our own ways, in our lifetime. And so we're gonna talk about Guardians of the Galaxy, two different attraction openings, and then Galaxy's Edge. So let's start with Galaxy's Edge. You were kind of at the ceremony, similar to what you mentioned (laughs) with Space Mountain. Uh, You got to be on the outside and hear some of what was going on because they did close it off just for press, that big opening ceremony. So do you remember being out there? Wait, why are you saying you? Because you were with me. No, I wasn't. Oh, the yeah. night before. Uh-huh. For the press, like the big star I was sudden. having such a hard time figuring out what you were talking about. <laughs> yes, I was being a creep big time. Yes, the night before they had, uh, again, the, the night before with the press and the entrance right behind Big Thunder Mountain into um, Galaxy's Edge is the entrance and exit they were using. So I was sitting there hoping that they would just like say like, oh, do you want to go in? Oh, didn't happen. Gosh. Like, what was I thinking? You'll never uh, know. But yeah, you could hear everything, see all the fireworks. That's um, cool. So but not hear actually... everything. You can hear it happening. Couldn't hear anything. What's going on? 
The only way you can see it now is on YouTube. So Disney Parks did post that eventually. So if you're a Star Wars fan and you want to see what was going on for just the press, uh, you could see that opening ceremony. It was announced as a star-studded, emotional opening ceremony by StarWars.com. <laughs> and so who was there? Of course, we had Star Wars legends there. We had Han Solo himself, Harrison Ford was there. We had Luke Skywalker himself, Mark Hamill. And then we also had Billy D. Williams there as Lando Calrissian. So we had some big names there. And of course, you can't open up a Star Wars-themed land without the creator himself, George Lucas. And so you had this huge cast there, and they're standing in front of the Millennium Falcon, uh, talking to the press about all of the exciting things that are coming along with Galaxy's Edge. They didn't really say it, but, you know, Rise of the Resistance wasn't open yet. Remember, it was in phases. And <laughs> right. they didn't really talk about that it was coming. So that's fine, I guess. So, uh, yeah, Millennium Falcon was open, all the shopping, and uh, Oga's Cantina was open. And so this was a really cool event because they really brought everyone back for the first time. Some of these cast members said this was the first reunion we've had in quite a long time, uh, which is really nice. And there's a lot of really cool photos that came out of that. You have CEO Bob Iger with George Lucas on the Millennium Falcon piloting it. And then yes. as you mentioned, there was uh, when the night happened and the sunset, fireworks behind Galaxy's Edge. And we all love Galaxy's Edge. Watching fireworks from Galaxy's Edge, these were like coming out of the rocks of Galaxy's Edge. So even cooler, a lot of fanfare. Um, and then the following week, it opened up to the public. And yes, we were there opening day. That was very exciting. Just the the energy of people. You know, we're there three in the morning, maybe the night before, earlier than that, sitting outside, making yeah, your way like to the, <laughs> that entrance, that cavernous entrance, and then finally going in and seeing it. And then you turn that corner and you see the Millennium Falcon weenie that was a, a really incredible moment. So that was the opening of Galaxy's Edge. We also went back for phase two, right? And we we went day one for Rise of the Resistance as well. Right. Uh, which was pretty cool. They didn't do a whole press uh, fanfare for that specific ride that I could find. Uh, but yeah, the Galaxy's Edge opening itself seemed pretty epic. Um, even if we couldn't see they, it, you could they see it. They had a bunch of characters out, which was pretty cute. Oh, like, I remember Chewie. they had R2 out. He doesn't come out very often. and That's cool. Yeah, a bunch of the characters were out in front of the ride to greet the guests and stuff. So that was pretty cute. Galaxy said. So much fun, though. Very, very fun. Uh, now let's move over to Guardians of the Galaxy. So the first opening that uh, included Guardians of the Galaxies was the re-theme of California Adventures. Hollywood Tower of Terror. So that was eventually turned into Galaxy, Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout. And of course, they had some fanfare there. Question for you was, did you go to that on opening day? I did not. I went like, I think like a week later or something. Okay, okay. I enough. went to closing of Tower of Terror last day, but I did not go okay. to the opening of this one. The reverse. I was That's... mad, I think. <laughs> I think a lot of people were right until we actually wrote it and we're like, okay, it's fine. Yeah, it's and then I was it's like, oh, good. wait, this yeah. is amazing. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you got to trust what's his name sometimes. Rody? Was it Joe Rody? Yeah. Yeah, Joe Rody did it. Uh, so, yeah, the premiere for that was also only for the press and it was out in front of uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy 
hotel, I, I'm not hotel, building, <laughs> spaceship. I wanted to say hotel. <laughs> so it was over there. This was pre-Avengers Campus. So it was mostly the Hollywood backlot. And of course, they had big stars out there too. You had James Gunn, the director and uh, producer of the Guardians of the Galaxy trilogy. He is now moving on to DC. So this new movie coming out, uh, volume three, is going to be his last in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. He is now the head of DC's universe, which... Uh, which is actually good for comic book fans, too, because they've been a little bit messy with that universe between Batman, Superman. I say they need it. Right. They There's like three help. Jokers right now. I'm very confused. Uh, so he's <laughs> going to get that all tidied up and probably make it as fun as the MCU. So I'm looking forward to that. But yeah, he was there for the opening of um, Mission Breakout. And so we so was Zoe Saldana, who plays Gamora. She was there. And a lot of other actors were there who were from the different volumes of the movies. And then, of course, you had the executive bigwigs like Bob Chapek standing out there excited. But Kevin Feige was there, and we love him. We got to see him pretty up close at the expo with his hat. So he's the head of Marvel Studios, <laughs> which was cool to see. Uh, they had a lot of neat projection mapping going on the building itself, similar to what we see at Disney World's Tower of Terror, uh, which is interesting to know that they have this technology at DCA. Could maybe do more with that uh, during holidays and stuff. But the whole building was like launching and transforming into the new uh, building that it's supposed to be now that it's in the Marvel Universe. And then you had Benicio Del Toro there who plays the collector and he's really the, the anchor for this attraction. Uh, so he was there as well. And they had, let's see, fireworks. Did I mention that? They had fireworks. But we couldn't experience it until after that. So it, it sounds like you finally got to get on it about a week after or so uh, after that. And the line opening. was long and it was hot outside. <laughs> <laughs> But it was all worth it in the end. And we got to take one of our friends um, who was very excited to go. So that was very cool. Very cool. And this is another one, since it did take place in our lifetime, uh, it's also available on YouTube. If anybody wants to check that out on the Disney Parks YouTube channel, you could see the full Mission Breakout grand opening celebration. Uh, now moving on to more recent uh, years. This was last year at Epcot when Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind opened. So this is a brand new original attraction that was built from the ground up in the old real, uh, footprint of Ellen's Energy Adventure. And so, of course, this also had a, a really big grand opening. Um, and this is one of the few where I actually did go during, I think, like opening month. Not opening day, but I did want to check it out right away. So I was there for opening month, and it still felt hyped. Like, people were still excited. You know, cast members were asking you if you've been on it yet, if you're going to check it out. Uh, so that was Cute. fun. Uh, but they did do, they did have one of those really cool um, exclusive press conferences for that. Uh, similar cast and crew, Kevin Feige and uh, James Gunn and all those folks were out there. And they celebrated the opening of that. And I am excited that you get to ride it in a week or less, I think. So that's a good one. Yeah. Well, this Saturday, right? Yeah. Isn't our yeah. Epcot day. Yeah. As long as we can get those um, boarding groups or whatever it's called, virtual queues. Virtual queue. Yep. Whoops. Make sure to get in <laughs> on that early morning because I would be very sad if we don't. Uh, um, I do have a, a, all right, small, so, a small detour I was thought just, here. Um, because very recently at Disney World, they announced that 
uh, rock and roller coaster at Hollywood Studios featuring Aerosmith uh, is going down for refurb. More than likely, they're going to change the theme and or at minimum change the band because there's Aerosmith controversy going on in the press. Now, there are so many rumors of what that could be. One of them that came up was a uh, mixtape of of galaxies edge not galaxy oh my god i'm mixing up all the cosmos guardians of the galaxy (laughs) mixtape to keep with the rock and roll theme um i think that'd be too much guardians at disney world that are along to music but that's a cool one but the one that i'm most excited about i sent you a picture of this fan uh speculation is getting the muppets to host rock and roller coaster specifically the band what's the name of the band like just dr teeth (laughs) Shoot, they have a show out right now too, right? They do. And we also saw them at the expo. And I think that would be genius. It would be genius. It goes with the record. So cool. Right. Studio aspect. They wouldn't have to change too much. And it's supposed to be campy. So if they want to continue using like the cardboard cutout style uh, props on the attraction, it would totally work. So. I really am hoping that the Muppets take over Rock and Roller Coaster. And they're already a pretty uh, prominent fixture in that park particular anyway. So it would I was going to say, how do you feel about that? Because it's kind of now flipped on the other side also. And like that's like when things are in two different areas of a park, it's kind of like people will start to get heated ah, up about it. I see what you mean. That's a good one. <laughs> I think if I if I think about the Muppets as just like a mascot for the park, I don't get too caught up in where their placement is uh, for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> um, and then, no, that would make sense, but are they the mascot of the park? I don't think so, and I think this sh- they should be. It makes so <laughs> much sense. Like a movie <laughs> yeah. studio, like Kermit popping out of things. It makes more sense than right now. It's just like this hodgepodge <gasps> of BB-8, Muppets, Mickey. It's kind of weird hodgepodge. Uh, the other fan speculation that i heard for rock and roller coaster was that it could turn into a cars attraction and like yeah i don't care for that either (laughs) (laughs) i had the same reaction but it is right next to the lightning mcqueen stunt show thing and it would become like this little cars mini land but i don't know i feel like as much as i don't like cloning lands if anything disney world deserves a full-on cars land like we have in california because that is like one of the best immersive land still to this it day. It's so good. Yeah. It'd be weird too because then Hollywood Tower Terror would just like be sticking out like what? <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> to go like go through Cars Land to get to Tower Terror. That'd be very weird. It'd be weird. And when you um, were talking about Space Mountain, uh, the refurb and the grand opening in 2005 and how they redid the entire track but the same exact specs, they really need to do that with Rock and Roller Coaster. It is like almost... I'm exaggerating. It's not 50 years old, but it's at least 23 plus years old. And it gives me a headache. And if they're going to retheme it I to something new. I can't with those rides. Yeah. It's with like, the headrest and it just uh, hurts. bangs your head left, right, left, right, the whole ride. Does it, is it just a knees a refurb? Because I don't remember always doing that. I'm like, am I just... Like I think it's in just my older old. years. Yeah. Like, I think yeah. it needs updated. Like, is it older uh, or am I old? That's what my problem is. <laughs> Both. I definitely think it's both. It reminds me of like going on an old Six Six Flags ride, like um, Viper or Demon at Great America. Like it's just so old. And when you have like those steel corkscrews, it's just like rickety, rickety, rockety. I don't don't know. You know, my first headache 
ever in my life was I keep thinking it was the grizzly, but I'm pretty sure it was actually the demon. Yeah, that it was from one. banging my head around. That's, a, that's a good one. Even as a kid, yeah, we didn't get headaches as often. I remember that one. Yeah, no, never. Everything. And I, I remember freaking out because I didn't know what was wrong with me. And I'm like, ah, what is going on? And my mom's like, you have a headache. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to like adolescence and adulthood. Like, it was bad. Uh, yep. But yeah. Um, and then just to swing back real quick about these um, grand openings, the ones I mentioned for Space Mountain and Pirates are also, even though they're old, they are also on YouTube. So you oh, can cool. also go watch all those if you'd like. Oh, my right? God, I love it. It's pretty it. cool. I was, I was surprised to find a lot of that footage. I was yeah. like, dang, this is like old So what do we have next? I guess the next closest thing is you're going to be heading to Disneyland for the grand opening or the grand beginning of the Disney 100 celebration, but also the grand opening of Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. Mouthful. And then the next thing at Disney World, I guess, is Tron. So we'll find out if there's going to be any uh, fanfare, either for guests or press or both. Right. Then we have Tiana's Bayou. Oh, yeah. So that'll be a fun one, too. I'm sure there'll be a lot of song and dance going on for that one. I can just picture it now. It'll be super fun. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, so today, man, we went through a lot of news because there is a lot going on in the parks. Again, maybe Universal Field, maybe not. Whatever it is, I'm excited about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bring it on. Um, and then we decided to take a look back, since we're looking at all these grand openings coming soon, to look at some previous grand openings in Disney's past. So I hope you guys all enjoyed it. Thanks for listening, and we hope you all enjoyed episode 120 of the Disney Holics Show. Follow us on social media at the Disney Holics. And if you want to get, in, <laughs> if you want to get in touch, send us a DM on <laughs> Instagram like <laughs> or email us at fanmail at the disneyholics.com. Okay, bye. bye.
man, I really want to go to Disneyland. 